Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Red Nation, another episode of Dream Take, presented by the Dream Shake, home of all things Houston Rockets at SBNation.com. Jeremy Brenner here tonight, not a W pod, unfortunately. Looked like it might be in the first half, second half, uh, changed the tune of this episode. Final score, Magic 116, Rockets 110. And look, I mean, look, I think the Rockets played well enough in the first half to win tonight but again four quarters of NBA basketball you got to play four good quarters if you want to win most of these games and even against teams like the Magic who are closer to the bottom of the NBA standings every team is going to give you an effort tonight um except maybe the Rockets we'll we'll see you know it's it's getting to a point now where the the same patterns are continuing and there's no solutions. I think a lot of people feel similarly to I do, where with a rebuilding team, you know, problems are, are often arising, and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, you know, it's growing pains are fine, um, but solutions to those problems, uh, we're not really seeing too many of them. And I think we're getting to a point in the season now where, you know, we're 31 games in right now, and, um, you know, there's enough of a sample size to kind of show that, but given how the schedule works, um, it, it's difficult to implement changes. Um, it, it's a lot easier for us to sit on the sidelines and say, let's make these changes, which is what we, we can do uh, on tonight's episode. If anyone here on Spotify Live would like to come up and speak, uh, I know Mike's got the night off, but he's in the audience right now. I'm not sure if he's just listening or if he'll come up at some point. But if anyone uh, wants to come up, feel free to hit that speaker request button and come chat me up. But we'll, while I wait for any impending speaker requests, I've got one from Ryan here. So let's bring him on up. Uh, Ryan, welcome to the Dream Take. How are you? Hey, man. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm just over it. I'm just over it all, you know? I mean... <laughs> I know it's we're not halfway through the this, this season yet, but it's we we all know it needs to be done at this time in the season, don't you think? What needs to be done? Uh, well, we were up by fifteen points, and we've been saying this. I mean, Eric Gordon shouldn't even be starting. He started. He started again. Probably shouldn't have started. Um, there's just, there's just adjustments that need to be made. And I think we know what those are. Um, well, what, no, no, no. Tell me, tell me what, what adjustments should be made? It's Steven Silas. I mean, that's, that's, that's the issue here. That's his, he, 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 I do he, feel like, yeah, there's no, I do there's, feel like at this point where like, I, I do feel like it's difficult to see anything. I feel like Steven Silas has taken this this group as far as he can. Um, and look, that's not to say that he hasn't done 
Um, he hasn't made strides with this group and he hasn't made strides with individual players. I don't see there being another win with this group. I just, I just feel as if, um, you know, and look, there, there's already a lot of tension turmoil within the group as just a young group trying to survive in the NBA. Um, and to, to take away a head coach in the middle of the year is, you know, it's something that could be, it, it could create more chaos or it could eliminate the chaos. We, we really don't know. Um, and we don't know exactly um, when that change is going to be implemented. We talked about it in the last episode where, you know, it's hard to fire a guy like Steven Silas, who um, is so loved within the group, so That's loved true. within the team, and who is still grieving the loss of his father from a few weeks ago. I mean, that's, you know, the Rockets are a team that they want to do things right and they want to do right by people. And I think that's important towards building a culture that you want because being a championship team is more than just, you know, the culture of the, of the players you put on the court and all of that. It's also the behind the scenes stuff. And I think the way that they want to uh, conduct business, you know, they, they've, they've done right by a lot of their guys. They did right by Jay Sean Tate. They did right by PJ Tucker. They hope to do right by Eric Gordon, I believe. Um, and they, they want to do right by Steven Silas. Firing Steven Silas at this point uh, would not be doing right by him. Um, and unless, yeah. he were to, unless he were to step away, unless he were to step away on his own accord, that's one thing. I don't know if that's coming anytime soon. Um, but I will say that it's just they're kind of you're kind of at a point where you're just you know there, there's really nothing you can do I feel until Silas goes and what? that is that is we don't know when that's going to be there's a good chance that might not be until the end of the year and if that's the case then this time between now and the end of the year the 50 or so games they have left um, hopefully they aren't just wasted games um, but at this point you know it's we need something like something needs to be shaken up and i and why I, it is, just why feels is like he, there's not that urgency right now why is not firing silas the right thing right now though because it, it doesn't do right by him and it doesn't and, and look if you fire a guy like steven silas who's beloved by the nba it's not the fact that they're firing him right because look at the end of the day it doesn't matter how nice of a guy you are results are results and if you fire a guy who just lost his father two weeks ago it's just it's not very good business and to attract a new head coach you might turn some people away especially because the type of head coach the rockets need next is not going to be a guy like steven silas who has been you know just busting his ass off years and years and years trying to get uh, a head coaching job and would take any head coaching job. I think the Rockets are probably eyeing a guy who has a little bit of experience coaching. And by by firing a guy like Steven Silas, it just goes to show you that, you know, this is not necessarily a place you want to coach because the management, if, they, if they're going to be so cold-blooded sending out Steven Silas, the nicest guy in the NBA, just a week after losing his father, who's also beloved by the entire NBA, it's just not something that I see happening. Yeah, I, see, I get it. He, he's... Unless it's a mutual decision or if it's Silas stepping down or something like that. 
that that's just all that it is. And and see, I'm I'm sure he's a great guy outside, you know, the locker room or whatever. But you can't look at it as from a uh, from a nice guy standpoint anymore if you're not getting wins in 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 the third year of a rebuild. You know, I mean the I'm sure you know fans want wins. Obviously, we're not getting the results we want. It's just going to keep. Trusting, trusting the young core to, you know, get you somewhere. You got. It's just there's a lot of things that are just. You gotta. It just gotta put it together at some point. Thank you, thank you, Ryan. I appreciate. It. I'm gonna go to the next speaker. Sorry, Jeff. All good. No worries. No need to apologize. Uh, I'm gonna bring Mike up. It's his night off, but he clearly has something to say. So I'm going to bring Mike up for a little bit, and then we'll go to our next speaker. Mike, what's up? Uh, Long-time listener, first-time caller, big fan of the show. Yes. Hello. Um, No, I wanted to touch on something you just said. And I think you're spot on with the way that they do right by these guys. But you know what you didn't say in that whole exchange was they didn't do any right by the organization itself. Why are you taking care of the sum of the parts instead of the whole? Like, why, why not put the Rockets first? The Rockets should go first. I don't care where Eric Gordon wants to go. I don't care where P.J. Tucker wants to go. Now, I agree it's a good look to send them where they want to go. But by doing right by the organization first, you're putting yourself in the best position to succeed moving forward. Yes, and because I, it is, it's getting to a point now where – doing right by individual people is negatively affecting the right. overall product. Yeah. And, you know, looking at, and look, looking at this team this year, it's a more talented group than the one we had last year. Jabari, Tari, uh, you know, Margaruba. I think those guys are better than last year yet. 31 yep. games into last season, uh, the Rockets were 10 and 21 this year's group. Nine and twenty-two, so not much. I mean, not much growth, not much of a d, like not much uh, regression. I mean, it's basically the same. One game isn't isn't enough to call it a full regression. But right. let me keep you up here, Mike, and we'll bring up Adam so he can drop his take. Adam, welcome to the Dream Take. How are you? Doing well. How are you guys doing tonight? What's uh, up, man? We just lost. What are you talking about? Oh, okay. Well, Jeremy's horrible. <laughs> I'm doing fine. But thank you for asking. <laughs> I I think we just got to accept um, the the information that we know about this Rockets organization and give up on any prospect of firing Silas before the end of the year. They're just not going to do it. They could lose twenty games in a row. They're not going to fire Silas before the end of the year. They're they're just not going to do it. I, whether they should or they shouldn't, that's really mute at this. You know, I have my own thoughts, but I think we got to give up on that. S- second of all. We talk about doing right by Silas. Cyrus, Silas is part of the management, you know, ostensibly. They need to be thinking about what's right for these players and their development. Mm-hmm. That's who they should be thinking about, you know, because they – we don't need this to be a wasted year for, you know, for Ty Ty Washington and some of these other rookies that we really need to see kind of where they are and where they fit into the hierarchy of, of where the Rockets will be in two to three years. Third of all, I mean, I think we know from tonight's game that, you know, um, Silas was the lesser of those assistant coaches on the on that Mavericks 2017 team now. You know, he's not even better than Jamal Mosley. 
which is not saying very much. That's interesting. Additionally, I I think I think there are about ten coaches out there, ten qualified candidates that look at this team next year, or you know, say in like two years, I can get that team to be forty-one and forty-one. They don't think that's a big yeah. a big a big pull. I, I think there's a lot of talent on this team. We we kind of waver on that from night to night, depending on kind of you know the adjustments or lack of adjustments that this coaching staff makes. But there is true talent on this team. And I think a lot of people see that. And obviously that'll be bolstered depending on, you know, what, what draft position they get in this upcoming year. Not even if that's when Benyama or Scoot Henderson, maybe it's, you know, Amon Thompson, you know, maybe it's somebody else that, you know, I think, I think, I think this draft is, is deeper than we, than people talk about. I think it's probably goes, you know, five deep, obviously there are tiers to that. And, and ultimately, I, I think, uh, I mean, it, it's, it's, uh, I, we just got to give up on Silas being, you know, the, being let go. You know, it's, if we were willing, you know, if the Rockets organization felt like Silas was doing such a bad job that they were considering firing him last week or, you know, two weeks ago, and a personal matter could change their mind, that means they're not doing their jobs. That means they shouldn't be running a, a sports organization. This is a business. Ultimately, yeah, they make business decisions with these players and and don't and and don't think to apologize for those those at all. But they got to cater to Silas. Lastly, because I'm taking up a lot of time, I'll say this: what where is the notion coming from that Silas is so loved by you know throughout the you know the players? I know that I know that uh, KPJ loves him because he gave him a career. You know, no other coach really would want to do that. You know, and I, I you know he's he's played well, but Ultimately, yeah, I, I, I understand why KPJ loves them, but and maybe some of these other players, you know, Garrison, you know, Garrison Matthews and some of these guys that were, you know, didn't even think it was a possibility to play in this league, you know, a year, a year and a half ago. But ultimately, I don't know if he's truly as loved. We, we really I, we really don't know very much about what goes on in, in that locker room or how these players think. And, you know, it's there is a. What I, what that's based off of though, Adam. Sorry to cut you off, but what that's based off of is last year. It, it goes back to last year. Last year, when there was that report after the 15 game losing streak that Steven Silas was about to be fired, they went on a seven game win streak. And then you look again at last week when when Silas left the team because his father had passed away, they won that game. And I do think that has a lot to do with. Um, with how like they wanted to play, for, they want to play for him. They like playing for him. And and while I don't think that the team is going to implode or revolt or anything like that when Silas eventually does leave the team, I, I do think that there is an affinity there because for a lot of these guys, Steven Silas is their first NBA head coach, and I think that that has a lot to do with it. Now, I think when it comes to Silas, though, you have to look at when, when you rebuild, you have to look at the coach, you have to look at upper management, and you have to look at the players. And I feel like the players are always the last one to get the finger pointed at. The coach is usually the first. And I feel as if at this point, without switching the variable that is the coach, you can't make a true evaluation on the talent. And the Rockets have so much talent to evaluate because they have so many picks from the hardened trade and, and still – that they are unable to fully get a good 
gist of this group because of the coach and they only have one coach so if they switch out the coach and the team's still bad that means the players are bad if they switch out the coach and the coaches get better and the team gets better then maybe the coaching was the issue so that's what they need to do fix something if you're gonna do the same thing you're gonna get the same results but now it's time something's got to get fixed something's got to change um, if the Rockets want the same results, if they want to keep the same results, which they very well might because of what could come in the draft, then this is probably what we're going to see for the rest of the year where they'll win nine of every 30 games. So we're looking at uh, what what's the win percentage right now? Uh, nine divided by nine and what? 22. Yeah. So they're at a 29% clip. Um, oh, good job, Jeremy. I, I have a calculator in front of me. Okay, never mind. I take it it's back. A, it's a 23-win season, a 24-win yeah. season, which is better than a year ago, but not by much and not enough to say that this team has made super progress. But, Adam, thank you so much for coming up. Always a pleasure to have you. appreciate it. And I agree with what you were saying, by the way, that that's a good perspective. Yeah. I think you, I think I want to clarify mainly the reason why I wanted to come on tonight with you, Jeremy, is I listened to our last show that we did together. And I think what I said was, A, I think it was incorrect, and I said it wrong. This team obviously has talent. I'm not saying that they don't have talent. What I should have said was this coaching staff is not utilizing that talent to the best of their ability. That's the problem with this roster. Mm -hmm. And I think that – and, and there's different levels of that. You know, it starts in the front office. There are moves that they made that I love. I want to, I want more of Ty Ty Washington. I want more of Tari Eason. KJ should be starting. Gordon shouldn't be here. Silas shouldn't be the coach. But I do agree with you. This is advertiser content brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy. Here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down, we break down who will be cutting, cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snackin'. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void where prohibited. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hello, I'm Nilay Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more.
There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. That getting rid of the coach at this point, I don't really know how much that helps. But I will tell you, from the perspective of a guy like a Jabari Smith, that's a guy that Bruce Pearl's a heck of a coach at, at Auburn, I think. I think he's one of the best college coaches in the game. He's the type of guy that he was getting a different level of coaching last year versus this year. You could say the same thing about Ty Ty Washington at Kentucky. That stunts the growth of these guys. And if you're asking me, would I rather see a guy like uh, 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 John Lucas at the helm with these guys every day at practice, getting them better, or a guy like Steven Silas? I'm taking uh, Lucas. I'm taking a guy like Lionel Hollins, who's shown multiple times across the league that he's the right guy to develop this talent. So I think that's where... Like the, the loss tonight, it doesn't even phase me. Like I'm not even angry at losses anymore. It sucks, man. They blew a lead. They couldn't. They couldn't cash in against the zone. It sucks, man. I'm not shocked by it anymore, though. You know, not. I just want to see things be different. You know, that's all I'm looking for. Just different. Give me something different. Not the same old, same old every single night. Jeremy? Oh, I think we lost Jeremy uh, for the time being. So I'll go ahead and continue on until we can get Jeremy back. Um, but what say you, Rockets fans, you know, here on the postgame show uh, after tonight's loss against the Orlando Magic? You know, I think, we, I think we've touched on it, man. And I think that you got to start looking towards the trade deadline, you know, for this team, because I think this trade deadline is going to be fascinating for this Rockets organization. I think it's fascinating. And I think it's fascinating on a multitude of levels. I think it's a question of what does, what do the Rockets do with Silas? Is Silas still the coach here after the all-star break slash the NBA trade deadline? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question. What are they going to do in, you know, with the number of pieces that they have with the draft picks? Are they going to try and, and land one of those types of NBA veterans that they currently don't have on the roster outside of Boban and Eric Gordon? Do they make a move with a guy like Jayshon Tate? Is Jay Sean Tate the odd man out of this rotation because he's not playing right now? Jeremy? I agree. Oh, okay. Sorry. I agree. I was, sorry. I, I was talking before and I was like, is he just this into what I was just saying? Or uh I mean, as no, my phone, my phone actually. Oh, no, you're good, brother. Uh, no, we're good. So I, I'm like, I was so because my phone's been crashing for like a couple of weeks now. And today it's been doing it like every 30 minutes. And I was 
worried coming on here that it was gonna just totally um ruin well then i'm happy episode. i'm here i'm but happy I'm really here. glad you're here now yeah yeah me too if you yeah. weren't then this show might have really yeah. gone to shit but um yeah um i, I think the last thing that i want to say to kind of wrap the bow on this all um is you know i feel like the rockets just have a bit of just this was the biggest caveat to their rebuild and how they wanted to do it. They wanted to bring as much talent into the into the building and then go from there. But I think the problem is they've bitten off maybe a little bit more than they can chew. Mm-hmm. Um, and that being, they have to develop all of these guys all at the same time. And they they can't, and with that, it's it's like the blind leading the blind almost. And that's, I think, why they aren't as, but look, the talent's there, and and on nights where the talent's there, they're beating teams like Phoenix, they're beating teams like Milwaukee and Philly, and like they're able to compete with those teams because those guys are, you know, because th- this team is talented. Like they have talent. That's something that we can't deny. But they don't know how to use it, right. and they don't have the right. And this is this is where we get to the point where this is now the second stage of the Rockets rebuild. We've got the talent. They've, they've torn it all down. They're starting to build it up. They have the pieces, but now it's time to take these pieces and figure out how to use them because I feel like this team doesn't know how to use those pieces yet. And it's, it's on nights where, you know, where Kevin Porter and Jalen Green, you know, are their roles defined? Is Shangun is his role defined? Um, and, and they have so many different guys, but they, they are nuggets there that, keep you still intrigued and i think those little nuggets your tari eason's your kj's um you know shangun green porter like they're all guys that i could potentially see working out because they have the talent because and honestly like i don't think we can make a full like judgment on any of those guys until they get the new coach because i feel like the coaching has hindered some of these guys because they are trying to you know use so much energy around figuring out how each guy works his own individual game and while those individual games are being a little bit more developed the team game is where we're lacking and it's why it's why the turnovers are still a problem like they they played a really good like they they did a good job taking care of the ball in that first half second half they kind of started to dissipate a little bit and and that's the thing is is these guys they they don't there isn't like a full natural fit at least with the way Steven Silas is leading these guys now I feel like with the Magic because the Magic and the Rockets I feel like are very similar and I and I follow both teams in a really closely um, I've I've watched pretty much every game from both teams this year and with the Magic the players that they have seem to gel a little bit better with them. Um, and like, you see, like they, and they, and they have like this really good chemistry, not to say that the Rockets don't have good chemistry. I think they do as well, but I feel like the system that's in place for the Rockets is a little bit less defined for the magic, for the magic. They know everyone has a specific role and they all kind of complement one another with the Rockets. I don't feel like the way that Silas is implementing it is that, but I do feel like, like what Adam said earlier, you know, there are probably a half dozen guys that are watching this team from their couch thinking, I could do a pretty good job with that group. 
and I and I hope the Rockets find that guy next because I just I feel like until that happens, everything up until that point is kind of null and void. Unfortunately, when I th- we, we can we can celebrate we can celebrate the fact that um, that Kevin Porter had a great night. Look, Kevin Porter had thirty one points tonight. That might be a season high for him. I don't even know. Like, but that's the thing is I feel like. As fans, we're just so dejected by another loss, a close loss, a loss at home against a beatable team where we had a 15-point lead, and that is what we're all focused on. Whereas, you know, there there were some good things that came out of tonight. Um, you know, Jalen Green played really well up until that fourth quarter, but, and he basically kind of faded into the background that fourth quarter. That he had no. He had no. Really he, he had no field goal attempts in the fourth quarter. I mean, come on. No, that's that's that's, that's, that's unacceptable. That's just unacceptable. Yeah, it's unacceptable. And that's where you have to call. Thirteen and twelve from Shengun tonight too. A great yeah. night for him. I felt. You had to. You have to call a timeout. And literally call a play for Jalen Green. I mean, he is your your cornerstone. And the difference between the two rosters, Jeremy, is one has a true point guard and one doesn't, or starting point guard, I should say. Fultz is Fultz is ridiculous. I mean, Fultz is, is yeah, no, and the magic the magic have been a lot better since oh, Fultz came back. I mean, um, and, Fultz is solid, man. And I think yeah, no, he's he's been solid. He's starting to, and I and I think with Fultz, um, he's not fully there yet. I feel like there's more um, to that. And look, I, I'm not saying that a point guard like a, a point guard would totally change how the Rockets are, but Oof, I mean, would it help? Know, there, there's there's a good chance that, you know, it would be something different. Now, again, like like Adam mentioned, there are a bunch of different changes that this team has to make that the change can't be made until probably the offseason or the trade deadline. And so that's the thing is I feel like with this team, we're ready for something new. We're ready for a change, not necessarily in all of the players, but a small change. Maybe a small change is exactly what this group needs in order to kind of get over this little this little slump that they've gone into. Now, they've got they've got Dallas on Friday. They've got and then they go on the road again at Chicago at Boston again at Dallas and then they're home again for New Year's against the Knicks. So, again, like that, that's a that's a really tough schedule to Dallas and then they play Dallas again. Play Dallas three times in a two-week span. It's crazy. Yeah. There's three Dallas games uh, New York game, Boston, New York's been playing really well. Boston's at the top of the East. Um, you know, Chicago's a winnable game, but like a game, a win's got to come at some point. And I'm eyeing that Chicago game is probably the best chance out of the, out of any of these games for that. Um, but just something that is enough to show that there is progress being made. That yeah. is tangible as in a win versus uh, just, you know, playing well in a loss. What I also think, and the last thing I want to say about it is, and whether people agree with this or not, I, you're not going to win many games when you have question marks at the two most important positions on the court, in my opinion, and that's head coach and point guard. If you have question marks at those two spots, Jeremy, it's going to be hard to win games. Like If you don't know that these are your guys leading your team night in and night out, you're in trouble. You just are, man. And I'm not saying like in my with Dallas, right? Jason Kidd, good coach. Luca is their de facto point guard. There's no questions there. Tonight, you know, they have their coach. You have Markel Fultz. 
got them in good positions to win games, you know? And that's what I'm it, – it's one of those it's not going to change until yeah. they force it to change. And I'm talking about the Rockets front office. And that's when you went off of the show before I said the trade deadline is huge for this team this year because there's so many different things that can happen. I could see them moving on from Silas. I could see them moving Gordon. I could see them – I don't want them to. I could see them moving KJ. I could see them moving Tate. Like there are – I don't think they'll move. I think at the trade deadline, the yep. Rockets are going to be pretty quiet. I think once the I'm saying they could. Like I, I really don't think it's going to yep. be more. But it could though. That. Like the, uh, the rumblings are already there. There are stories today about you know Gordon. This is as close as they've been to moving Gordon. KJ's name is coming up. Tate's name is coming up. I'm. I really don't think they want to trade KJ. Not they not can't, now. dude. I think, they can't. I think the earliest KJ would be maybe traded is at the is in the off season because then he'll be a free he'll be an impending free agent um, i trade him for a star i trade restricted free agency yeah i trade him for a star in 2024 i'm not trading him I for mean, anything else i well, yeah he's too but, valuable but you're not going to get a star out of kj martin it's, no 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 no. he's a bench player who shouldn't be a bench player but he's a bench player on one of the worst teams in the league so it, it's him and picks like if they were to a James Harden type of deal I'm not saying that it's Harden I'm just saying that type of deal I would include a KJ Martin on it depends on who it is but packaging him with players and maybe another young player that's the type of deal I would be looking for for KJ if I'm gonna move on from him but they better not Uh, I'm telling you right now it's difficult it's difficult because I feel like the conversation that we had tonight is a lot similar to the conversation we had on Monday and it's very similar to the conversation we had on Saturday. And then again on Thursday, like it, it feels like we're at this point where we, we're seeing these patterns now. Yep. And now that we're seeing patterns, time to fix it. And yep. I don't know if there will be, because we've proven, we've seen now that even though things continue to roll in a pattern, there is no real, um, there's no real urgency to fix anything. And there's no real, evidence to prove that anything will be fixed so guys i hate to say it to our listeners we're gonna try to make this season as fun as we possibly can me and mike here at the dream take but we are in the midst of a very long season and it's also and it's also jeremy that nothing's gonna change because they're okay with it you see it It, it's it's evident and they're okay with it because of what may what may come down the line. And, yeah, and that's what I said earlier. No, you were right. Is you know this team, if you, if you don't like what you're seeing, you need to do something to change it. And as fans who see a loss and loss and loss, you know we want we want wins, so we want to see changes. But the Rockets have a vision; they have a long term vision, and this could be part of their vision. Is to, and this is probably why we're not seeing these changes being made so urgently. Because there is no true urgency in the Rockets' mindset, or at least as what we think, because this year the Rockets are going to get a high pick. Might as well be the top pick, right? So, so maybe that's in their mindset. Um, and, you know, it's like if you're going to be bad, be the worst. If you don't, don't be mediocre bad. It's like if you're going to be – if you're going to do something, be the best at it. So if you're going to be a bad team – be the worst at it. <laughs> well, right. And I was speaking more to half-empty stadiums, lost money on concessions, not spending any real money on this roster. They've basically torn it all the way down 
So they look at it from the perspective of it can't get much worse, but all you're doing is pissing your fan base off that much more, but it can't get much worse. You know, it's, it's comical. They're also hoping, they're also hoping that days like these will turn into moments where Victor Wembanyama is hoisting a Larry O'Brien trophy. Absolutely. Uh, you know, that, that I think is their mindset and their goal. And if that's, if that's what their goal is to get Vic and all that, then tonight was a win for the rock. Yeah, no. And you know me, I'm not on that train, but I get it. And I understand it. I just don't like it. And there are, it's, it's a roll of the dice. It's extremely risky because obviously they can't, but like Adam said, you know, this this draft is really, really good. Obviously, there are tiers to it, Vic, Scoot, and then the rest. But I, there's a very good chance the best player for the Rockets could be in this draft, even if it isn't Vic or Scoot or like it could be it could be Cam Whitmore, it could be uh, it could be one of the Thompson twins, it could be any of the like it, Nick Smith, it could be someone else. You know, we really have no idea, um, and we're just going to be along for the ride. I think this is a stupendous place to park the Rockets. Facts. Thank you guys so much for tuning in this episode of The Dream Take. Thank you to Mike for taking over on autopilot while I was gone. Uh, but be sure to follow us on Twitter at The Dream Take and at Dream Take SBN. You can also head over to our Facebook page if you're over there. Give us a like. Head over also to thedreamtake.com, home of all things Houston Rockets at SBNation.com. Uh, if you'd like to follow my co-pilot, you can do so. Mr. Michael Brown, give him the follow at Mike Brown underscore 2020. Follow my very talented co-pilot, Jeremy Brenner on Twitter at Jeremy Brenner, J-E-R-E-M-Y-B-R-E-N-E-R. I saw someone at Jeremy Branham on Twitter the other day, and that is not me. Jeremy Branham works for 610, does great stuff as well. We're 790. Where does he work? Where does Jeremy Branham work? I want to, I want to make sure I do this correctly. Okay. Jeremy Branham. Yeah. He works for, Oh, excuse me. ESPN 97.5. So that is Jeremy Branham. He does great stuff at ESPN 97.5. I am Jeremy Brenner. That's J E R E M Y B R E N E R. Thank you guys so much for tuning in this episode of the dream take and until next time, go Rockets. Most of the time we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google meta and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it then in that moment. You don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of like afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts.